Welcome to episode 19, the first episode in the third and final season of Bedtime Stories for Grown-Ups, a podcast that is created from the stuff of dreams. Once upon a time, if you were lucky, someone told you bedtime stories. Maybe someone read you books, or the same favorite book over and over. Or maybe someone made up your bedtime stories, telling you nonsensical things until you closed your eyes and let sleep take you away. These bedtime stories are the whimsical made-up kind, little scenes from dreamland to guide you there. There is no plot to follow, no sense to make of anything, just a sequence of images from beyond the consciousness of day to help you let go and drift into dreamland. It started with a baby lost in the floods. It can be difficult to hold on to a baby when the floodwaters are raging. Who were we before the floods? Now we are covered by an enormous web and we can hardly move. We can hardly breathe. At the center of the web sits a gigantic spider guarding a golden egg. In the time before the Great Transformation, most of the people were slaves. They devoted their lives to feeding the spider that guarded the golden egg. The spider belonged to the dreamless men. The dreamless men worshipped wealth and status and power. But the more wealth and status and power that they had, the more they wanted. And they never had enough. They were addicts. So they sacked the libraries and the museums. They sucked all of the fish out of the seven seas. And they desecrated the forests. They convinced the people that it was right and good to cut down all the trees and to kill all of the fish in the seven seas. And the people believed the dreamless men. And so the dreamless men had great power over everyone and everything. And still they wanted more 
and the people didn't even know that they were enslaved. Now we are in a car that is careening out of control. We are all lying around in the back of the car. There aren't any seats and we can't even strap ourselves in. We are crouching on the floor and bracing ourselves. It seems like the only thing we can do and we are wondering, is this the end then? Or is it just the beginning? We are all lining up in the waiting room to see the neurologist. We are expected. We overhear someone say, that they did the onion test and they don't seem to need a CAT scan. We didn't know anything about any tests. We're trying to tell the receptionist that we don't need a CAT scan. But we cannot cancel our appointments now. Not with a neurologist. It is a big open room with benches all around. There are large photo albums placed about and people are gathered in groups and examining the photographs. Now we are playing memory games. We are all here because we need to change our brains. We need to alter all the feedback loops and pathways. We need to start all over again. We need to explore new pathways. It is the key to start telling a different story. And we do need a new story. It turns out to be so much simpler than we had imagined. We just need to think differently. So simple, really. Now we are all sitting in a circle drinking mushroom tea and discussing all of the amazing possibilities. We are starting to feel cautiously optimistic, excited even, because now we have a blueprint, a blueprint and an action plan. We have been flying through clouds of soot and ash. Which volcano has erupted this time? It is dangerous trying to fly with so much soot and ash in the air. We can hardly see. We are choking on the black grit. We can hardly breathe. We wrap bandanas around our faces and squint into the wind. And now our beds are trembling. We can hear a distant rumbling. And it is getting louder. 
There are elephants in the harbor. We can see a whole herd of them amongst all the ships. We didn't realize that the harbor was so shallow. The elephants are walking around in the midst of all this industrial activity. Can we borrow a rowboat? We want to get a closer look at them. We do find a rowboat, and we get closer, but not too close. There are even sweet baby elephants gallivanting about. It is a wonder. When we decide to make our way back to shore, we find that the rowboat is now underwater. It wasn't like this on the way here. We can still row. It is just so much more difficult to row a boat that is underwater. There is a huge school of hake at the mouth of the channel, around those rocks, just offshore. The children are zipping around in tiny little kiddie kayaks. Their little legs are sticking out through the bottom, and they are using their legs to propel themselves around. Kind of like pedaling a bicycle without wheels. They really do go fast in their little kiddie kayaks. And they seem to be having so much fun. We have heard the rumors that the fish have started to return in this place. They say there is an abundance of hake. And we are here to see this phenomenon for ourselves. Before anyone can warn us, we have stripped off our clothes and plunged into the cold, salty water. We are swimming straight toward the thrashing water, even though the locals seem to be keeping their distance. We get much too close before realizing our folly. Some of the fish have skin like sandpaper, and they are in the midst of a feeding frenzy. They are goggling, jumping out of the water with open mouths to get a better look at their prey. But now we have gotten in their way, and our fingers and hands are getting cut by the hake's sharp little teeth. We sheepishly make our way back to shore, and leave little splatters of blood on the stones as we stagger back to where we left our clothes. We happened upon a cabin in the woods. We were originally planning to just pass through this town. It almost seemed like a fabrication. A film set. More like a tourist stop than a town, really. Because there wasn't much here. And indeed, the place had been built around a place 
just to stop to replenish supplies. We were not planning to stay. But then we came upon this lovely cottage nestled in the trees. Rose Cottage, someone called it. And it was available to rent. So we decided to stay for the night. Just one night. But then we thought we might stay here forever. It has everything we could possibly need. It is cozy, and we are surrounded by nature. We each have our own wood-walled room. There is even a path out back that eventually leads to the edge of a cliff with a stunning view. Now we can see for miles and miles. We are on a tropical pastoral island. There are tour buses here, but they are dangerous because the roads are bad and the drivers are even worse. The bus drivers always seem to expect the other guy to get out of the way. We decide renting bicycles would be safer. And so we are merrily toodling our way around the potholes and resentful bus drivers and all of the other hazards of the road. We have seen some of the tourist buses careen around sharp corners and roll off the cliffs, crashing into the waves below. Suddenly, there is an enormous pothole a great chasm has opened up in the road, right in front of us, and it is filled with old discarded appliances. We cannot stop ourselves, and we are falling, falling. But somehow the broken discarded refrigerators break our falls. We land on several broken refrigerators, bouncing from one to another. And somehow, we are not hurt. A little shaken up, maybe, but we are okay. We dust ourselves off and scramble out of the sinkhole filled with discarded appliances. We are pretty close to our destination now, anyway. We are walking the rest of the way along a forest path. There is an anxious young woman following behind us. She is saying that she feels there is some sort of evil spirit in this place. Something very wild. There may be spirits here, we say, but just because they are wild doesn't mean that they are evil. We are asking permission from the wild spirits to continue on our way through the forest. That stops the young woman in her tracks and she doesn't follow us anymore. We knock on wood and carry on. 
Eventually, we come to a bar full of drunken tourists, and they all raise their glasses to us as we pass. Skull, they say. And when we come upon the ocean again, we gasp and fall to our knees. The water is full of leaping and breaching orcas, and they are so close. It is mating season, and the water temperature has finally cooled down after the rains. We are so thrilled. We are standing on the edge of a cliff, trying to get a better view. The crowd of tourists is parting for a large tattooed man with orange mottled skin and a huge set of ram horns growing from his head. He has barnacles growing on his chest and his lower legs are hooves. He makes people uncomfortable and they are giving him plenty of space. Now he is standing next to us and he seems grateful that we are not shying away. He just wants to share in the joy and awe of watching the whales below. He turns towards us. Buongiorno, he says. We are journeying along winding roads through the shadows of dark green trees. We are documenting something. Something has happened here, but no one is talking. And now we have run out of film. We had been taking photographs from the train. Everyone looks up when we pass underneath the large rock overhang. Is this where they jump from? Why do they jump? And what does it mean? Are they jumping now? They jump because they believe that it wipes the slate clean. But it doesn't. It just means that everything starts at the beginning, all over again. We had collected some purple sea stars, and when we were emptying them out of the bucket, they made such sad sounds of protestation. They didn't want to be here in this laboratory. They wanted to be back in the sea where they belonged. We felt badly for them. They made such sad, sorrowful sounds. Now we couldn't go ahead with our experiments. Not this time. We must put the sea stars back where we found them. We are down at the seashore. Why is no one swimming here? Is the water contaminated? They say there is a dangerous undertow. While we are standing there, 
An enormous wave comes out of nowhere and slams into us, knocking us to the sand and then dragging us back into the sea. Now we are drenched and bloody. We need to remember where we came from. Thank you for listening. Sweet dreams.